trying to be as transparent, as honest as I can be to getting to learning and to accept the fact that I'm, I'm a, I, I'm, I have a brain injury and there's nothing wrong with it. Like I was in a car accident. I was in a coma for, for a month. I went through an intensive cognitive therapy in order to, to walk and talk again. Like I should be proud of all my accomplishments. I, I was able to go back to school and graduate, then go on to get a master's degree. And it's like, so there's so much that I've overcome that I'm, I shouldn't have to be proud of to be like, okay, well this happened and that happened, but it is what it is. Like I'm still, I'm still, like I had to just get in touch with a lot of my emotions. There is always hope and you are not alone. Hi, I'm Christabel Braden, and this is my brain injury podcast, Hope Survives. Here we share information, education, and support for the brain injury community. This is an uplifting podcast to bring hope to your darkest days. As a survivor of traumatic brain injury and multiple concussions, I know what it's like to struggle to find hope. I don't want anyone to feel as alone as I did, and that's why I started my online community called Hope After Head Injury. This podcast is an extension of that, and I'd love to invite you to join along as we explore the realities of life with brain injury with messages of encouragement, interviews with doctors and professionals, and survivor stories. No matter where you're at on your journey, there is always hope. With a little hope, you can make it through today. With a little faith, someday you'll get through the pain. Just a little love is enough to light the way through your darkest night. Hope survives. Hope survives. Hey everyone, welcome back to Hope Survives Podcast. We've got a great episode ahead today with my friend Bobby Apgar. Bobby was getting recognized in football as a preseason All-American at a Division I level when he suffered a life-changing car accident, which caused a traumatic brain injury. And today, he's going to share some of his journey, and we're just going to talk back and forth about some of the frustrations and difficulties and symptoms when it comes to living with a brain injury, particularly as it relates to relationships, not just, you know, just any person that you interact with in your life. And what it means to accept your injury and how to be transparent with some of the challenges that you face and how that actually helps you to become better equipped to find help and strategies that will move your recovery forward. Bobby is so inspirational. I just really, really feel encouraged from this conversation and I hope that it leaves you feeling first of all that you're not alone in whatever struggles you face but also leaves you feeling inspired to never give up you know he talks a lot about not giving up and I actually have a song called not giving up so I just want to play you a little bit of that song here um, before we get into his interview and um, hope that it encourages you so never give up this is going to be a great conversation thanks for being here 
And another thing to mention is next week is our Hope After Head Injury Zoom support group on Wednesday, October 19th. We also have the Brain Injury Bible Study Zoom group happening next Saturday on the 22nd. So if you're listening to this the week that it releases, we'd love to see you. If you happen to be listening to this later on, which I do when I listen to podcasts. So if you, you know, you could be listening to this months, maybe even a year down the line. And we're still going to be having support groups. Uh, at least that's my goal. And so if you go to hopeafterheadinjury.com, you should be able to get connected with the next upcoming group for whenever you're listening to this. So, all right, let's listen to this song about not giving up. And then we will get into today's interview. Thanks for being here. But if I'm being honest, some days I don't want to get out of bed. Happens more than I like to admit. But I know there's still life to be lived. We're going to make it. Even on the hard days, I'm not giving up. Even when there's no change, I'm not giving up. Even when I'm afraid, I'm not giving up. I still believe. Story left to write, so I'm not giving up. I started Hope After Head Injury 10 years ago, and it has grown into a global online support community. You can get involved and check out more of the online resources we have available at hopeafterheadinjury.com. Connect with survivors, caregivers, and family members through our Zoom meetings, our Facebook support group, or the Brain Injury Bible Study Group. I remember what it's like to feel so alone with brain injury, and my goal with these groups is for you to know that you are not alone and to be able to connect with others going through similar circumstances. We are in this together. Now I want to thank you for listening to the podcast and remind you that this podcast is for education and informational purposes only and not intended for medical advice. If you need specific medical advice, please consult your physician. Now, thanks for listening, and let's get on with the show. Today, I'm here with Bobby Apgar. And he is a survivor. He is so inspiring. And I'm so excited to have him on the podcast. Thanks for coming on, Bobby. Hello. How are you doing? I'm, I'm, I'm so excited. You know, I, I get around to, to speaking to people, which has been awesome. And I'm never really nervous, you know. And I guess this is kind of <laughs> like, you know, the first time, I, for instance, first time I went to the, 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 the first uh, the brain injury convention out in Lancaster. And uh, I walked in and I was like, I just started smiling. I was like in a room with a whole bunch of people like me. And it was just so good to just feel like uh, people understood me. Like I didn't anymore have to say, hey, do you get it? But the people just had a, a true understanding, like a true empathy. It was just awesome. So yeah. I'm really excited and I'm a little nervous. It's going to be great. So I know Bobby in person. 
Bobby is part of our brain injury support group that I've been a part of locally and the Brain Injury Association of Pennsylvania Conference, which is what he was just referring to. And so I've gotten to know Bobby through the years a little bit, and I'm really excited for him to get to share his story with all of you today. And I love what you were just saying about being around other survivors, being around other people in the brain injury community. It really makes a huge difference. That really was so like, so these last several years, and, and, and you'll learn more about it. These last several years has been like a whole revival to me, but 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 was very instrumental in in, in my whole development was finally accepting the fact that you know I have some deficiencies and there's some there's some underlying reasons as to why things may be happening the way they are. Not to say not to say that that's the that that's the main focus, but you know it definitely has a contributing factor as the as the my behaviors and I needed to get in touch with that. And the first in the first way to get in touch with that was for me to accept it. So I needed to get involved in me. That was my first step of getting involved and, and just jumping in and being like, you know what, I'm in a room with people like me. And it just became that much more easier for me to just talk about it then. And it was so, I don't really know how to ex ex explain it. And I don't want to sound corny, but it was so liberating. It was just like freed me of everything that was maybe hindering me and, and just total transparency and just being like, yo, giving it up and being like, yo, this is what it is. And it was just like, and the more I, and the more I say it, the more I want to say it more. You know what I'm saying? Because I'm feeling like it's liberating me even more, but not only is it liberating me, maybe I'm helping some others out that are out there that are maybe trying to hide it or don't want to feel as though it's a, it's a, it's, it's hindering your progress. And it is, it, and, it, and it will, and it will continue to hinder your progress and it will continue to hinder your progress even more. The more you keep it inside and the more you try to hide it and the more you try to say, okay, no, not me. I'm not going to be that person. You are that person. <laughs> we are, and we are all that person. And it's true what they say is the invisible disease, and 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 how you know nobody can see. I you know at the conference I told somebody if you could see my brain, it'd be on crutches or in a wheelchair. Like there's like I'm not sometimes sometimes I'm not right. Like you know I have my good days and my bad days. Like my brain, my brain is like is like an addict. All right, I always use this analogy. It's like an addict. And in my attic, you know, you have all kind of, you have loose debris. And I have the windows open. The windows are open. And some days the wind is going to be blowing, blowing moderately, not, not much at all. Some days it, wind's not going to blow, not even nothing. But some days there's going to be a hurricane outside. And that debris is going to be going around. And that debris is my brain. Some days I just have moments where I just need to be by myself. And I need to like I I it just it just happened it just happened last last week last um, last Wednesday or Thursday I called off work and um, I went in the next day and he said is everything okay and I was just like yeah I just needed like a a me day I needed a day where I'm not so overwhelmed with something what did yeah. you do nothing I spent time with my mother I went and I paid bill I cooked dinner like a real person I, and I felt and I was by myself. And sometimes everybody, every I've learned, I've learned what what relaxes me. Everyone has their own their own way to get into that comfort zone and into their own place and whatever it is. And for me that day, it was me just being with my mother, or me being here, or me being by myself, or me reading, or me just feeling like I'm human again and making dinner mm -hmm. and doing laundry. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, I that's so good, Bobby. 
but I needed to break. But see, here's the thing is I needed to break the monotony, the monotony yeah. of, of, of getting up, going to work. Boom, boom, boom. Like you got to I needed to break that monotony a little bit and just loosen yeah. it up to be like, I'm not feeling like I'm a robot or like I'm programmed to do something. I mean, everyone, you know, I, I don't like the, I don't like when, like when we share our issues or our problems and then we have the people's, that are that are that are, are trying to be empathetic and they are trying to be caring. Oh yeah, me too. No, me no, it's not the same. It's not the same. Like, no, you yeah, you forget your keys. Yeah, you forget, but you don't constantly, you know, for for you have to remind yourself and then get aggravated when you forget it or go outside and it's too bright and then you have to turn back around and nobody understands why you're aggravated or why you're frustrated and you just don't they don't get it. And and I don't and it's you know so I, I I totally understand like why we why we are and one of the biggest things for people with traumatic brain injuries are that we're just agitated and we get frustrated and people don't understand why because in our minds and in our brains we're constantly going through it like I fight with my alter ego every day <laughs> we argue every day matter of fact we're arguing now because he wants me to talk about something different but I'm just saying it's it's a constant <laughs> battle. It's constant. Yeah, that's so good, Bobby. Thanks for sharing all that. And we, I'm sure, have survivors that are listening that totally understand. I want to kind of backtrack a little bit to your saying that you had to learn how to accept your brain injury. Yeah. So what was that journey of learning how to accept your injury like? Oh, it was um, it was very it was very humble. It was a very humbling experience because I was uh, forced to be honest with myself and being honest with yourself and, and, and looking at it as being, it's, it's, it's not only humbling, it's just being, wow, like this is really where I'm at. And it took a lot. Like I put myself in counseling. I went to Good Shepherd and I wanted somebody, I wanted a counselor that specifically dealt with people with traumatic brain injuries because it's a frustration and it's an aggravation and it's, and it's, it's, it's the invisible disease. And I wanted somebody to be familiar with that. So when I was talking, when I was going through counseling, they can have a general empathy and understanding of, of what it was for people like us. So I good shepherd recommended an awesome counselor and I wanted to earn, I was trying to be as transparent, as honest as I can be to get into learning and to accept the fact that, I'm I'm a I I'm, I have a brain injury and there's nothing wrong with it. Like I was in a car accident, two people passed away. Uh, I went through I was in a coma for for a month. You know I, I went through an intensive cognitive therapy in order to to walk and talk again. Like I should be proud of all my accomplishments. I I was able to go back to school and graduate, then go on to get a master's degree. And it's like so there's so much that I've overcome that I I shouldn't have to be proud of to be like okay well this happened and that happened but it is what it is. Like, I'm still, I'm still like, I had to just get in touch with a lot of my emotions and, and they really helped me through that. So you talk about the, 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 prog the progress. I look at everything as a process and that was part of the process in me accepting my brain injury was me just to get in touch with some of my emotions. That's so good. And how I felt about it because I was, I was, a you know, we, you know, the audience doesn't know, you know, but I was, I went to school on an athletic scholarship to play football. And uh, I had gotten my, 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 to a point where I was getting some national recognition. I was a preseason All-American at a division one level. That's pretty good. Um, so um, I, 
I'm not saying I would have been a first round draft pick. I'm not, I'm not going there. I'm not trying to trying to give that narrative. Um, but I have potential to 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 play, to keep playing. Um in saying that, that was what I what I always just held on to. So and me accepting that I was handicapped in some way was not was not easy for me to accept. So before your brain injury, you were like a star athlete. Yes. Everyone knew who you were. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and so can you actually share, like, what happened when you had your TBI? Yeah, so it was crazy. Um, I just told the story. Um, I just told the story yesterday, as a matter of fact. I gave a speech at uh, at Wagner College, and I gave it to the the football guys and and shared my story in in, in hopes that it would help some of the student athletes. So it worked. So the way it is, um, my we were playing. It was during the season. During the season, so we had a bye week. We were seven games into the season. Team was doing awesome. We were tied for first in the division. Um, me personally, I was I was doing really well. Um, I was coming uh, sophomore year. I was coming off an an all conference year, all New England, all ECA, all different conferences. So going into my junior season, I received some national recognition. I was a preseason All American going into the season, and um and. And so everything was on was on a high. Everything was riding high. We had just come off a game where we, we were in a driving rainstorm, and uh, we go down and we win. And the student body runs into the field, and everybody's jumping around and pouring down rain. It, it was crazy. So everything was electric. So we're heading into a bye week, and my friend, I live in Easton, Pennsylvania. So every game we play is on Friday night, except one time a year. So we just so happened to be playing on a Saturday. My friend lived in New Jersey. Hackensack, New Jersey, and his team was playing on Friday. And, you know, us being college guys, we're always arguing about what high school is better. So now this was the opportune time to catch our, our teams. And it's at the height of my, of, of my career. So everyone was, okay, this guy's coming home. So I had made arrangements to talk to the media and all these people. So you were in college and you went yes. back to visit your high school. I went back to visit. I was on my yeah. I was coming home okay. for the weekend, but on the but before we got to my to my game on Saturday, we were going to stop in New Jersey. Got it. At, Got at, it. at his high school, at Hackensack High School, and watch a football game. That was going to be Friday night, and then Saturday we're going down to Easton, Pennsylvania, which is like an hour and a half ride. So Friday night, boom, we we we, we go down. Everything's cool. <clears throat> we go down, watch watch the game. Um, None of this, I don't remember, but as you'll know why. And then um, we can't do things small. We couldn't just watch the game, go home, chill, and then go out. I mean, then then go to Pennsylvania the next day. But no, we had to go out in New York City. We're in New York City after the game, late hours. uh, His friend that was driving lost control of the car and we crashed and two people passed away. So my friend passed away and another guy in the car passed away. And then there was me and the driver um, that that survived. Um, last I heard, he didn't recover as well, and he was with a walker, and you know was really going, still going through cognitive therapy. So, but I haven't gotten an update on him as of as of recently. Myself, I was in a, a coma for uh, you know side of the road, no vital signs, and and all the things that we go through. And you know, I had a fractured uh, CC7 in my neck. Uh, was in was in a coma, got out, went through intensive cognitive therapy. The following year, went back to college. Um, I have to, as 
went back to college. And as I went back to college, see, there wasn't that many resources as there were back in, in 1996. So I kind of was like thrown to the wolves, like, all right, go, go live. But I had all these things still I was dealing with. And um, I had went back to school. Um, I had gotten someone pregnant. I was living with, I was living now. We were living together. Um, I lost my friend, my grandmother, which was like the matriarch of the family. She passed away. Uh, I was on the verge of failing out of school and I had a kid on the way. All these paradigms in my brain. So my brain injury became not an issue because I had a kid on the way. I had to get prepared for that. And, uh, oh, I had, to, I had to graduate school. So everything was always more important than dealing with me. So throughout the years, it was just trauma on trauma on trauma on trauma on top of on top of the on the origin and the base of it, so in the basis of where it was coming from. So that's why that 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 counseling, you know, talked about my brain injury, but that was all instrumental in in me getting just to the root and to the origin of what it was. And it was what happened to me in 1995. I mean, I was in a, you know, I mean, I. You know, we we struggle. A lot of us still struggle with the PTSD, and uh, you know, I'm wondering why all these things are are so are so prevalent in my life, and um, because I wasn't in touch with it, and I wasn't dealing with it, and I wasn't dousing that flame. So that 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 therapy was so cool for me. And you know what? And then um, COVID broke out, and so I only got like a year and a half of peeling that onion back. But we're, there's still some work left, and I'm so I'm like super excited to like just get back in there and just go to work on me. This whole process is just yeah. going to work on us, and it's so hard. It's so hard, Chris Bell. It's so hard anymore for people to just spend time, especially us, because we only our time frames are just so so. Well, we have limited energy. Yes. Limited yes. time that our brains are actually feeling okay. And what what are you going to spend that energy on? You know, if you have to do chores, you have to do shopping, or you have to do something that has to be done. You know, you yeah. don't really have much energy from your brain left over. Yes, and, and we don't. And that's why, and that's why too, like even like things that we accomplish, like going back to grad school. And like, not to say that's a it's a big deal. I'm not saying it like that, but to me, it is because it's a whole memory thing. Like grad school is grad school for a reason. It's hard. And you, it's a lot of reading and comprehension and writing and a lot of things that we deal with on a mental, on a daily basis. Like my like, like to retain all that information, it's a lot of information you need to retain. So somebody has to maybe study um, um, a day. I have to study three. You know, I don't have to study. I have to write it down. I have to. I have to visually, auditory, headphones, see it, and just constantly just be all over the place. Little stickies. It's not as easy for me. Yeah, for you have us. to use your coping strategies actively. Yes. Yeah, yes. and and there's the process of acceptance in order to even get to the place where you're even willing to use those kinds of strategies. You know, I think that it. With the invisible injury, you talked about that and mentioned it a couple times. One of the things that I don't know if it's talked about as much with brain injury is that it's even invisible to us. Mm -hmm. So you can look in the mirror and think, why do I feel like this? I look fine, you know, and we always talk about how other people judge us and think that we look a certain way or we look fine from our injury. But I think it can even affect ourselves. Wow. I never you know what, man, you just really. You just gave me like um, a self-analyzation period there. And it made me like really think about it. And I think that's true. And I think that's at times why I get so frustrated with myself because I'm like, um, 
I'm, 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 I know I'm, I know I'm fit enough. I know I'm, I know I'm bright enough. I know I'm, um, articulate enough. I know, why can't I get it? <laughs> why can't I get it? And it's so frustrating because sometimes to myself, I get that. I feel that way. And you're right because I forget sometimes because we, because we ourselves, we have daily obstacles and daily goals that we, that we set and we overcome. So we're so consumed with that that we forget about that we are, that we are, yeah, that we do have some reason why. Yeah. So. And it's so easy to just kind of move forward and not really address the, the symptoms from the injury and address the residual things that, you know, you were talking about. So after your brain injury, you kind of just pushed yourself through for many years before you even came back to came back around to realizing how deeply the brain injury affected you. So what was the journey like on kind of realizing that this TBI was a big part of your life? Um, I was drinking, I was drinking a lot and uh, I got, I got a DUI and um, I was like, okay, not a big deal, whatever. Got another DUI. Okay. Not a big deal. Whatever. I'm still, it looked as though I was doing good. I was, um, I was working with the IU and I was coaching. Um, I was coaching sports. Um, I was coaching at local high schools. I was coaching at my at, at my local high school and then other high schools in the district. And I was, and I was fairly well. I was doing well at coaching. I was coaching football and I was coaching track. And um, it started getting to the point where I was doing really well. And I was like, you know what? This is something I want to do. So I went to I went to a university to get to get to get certified to be a health and physical education teacher. But it got to be a point, but like a hindrance because I was just I wasn't able I wasn't able to sustain my successes. You know, like I was I would get lucky. I'm not lucky. No, I'm not going to say that. Um, everyone gets lucky and wins the lottery. Like I was winning, I would win, but I couldn't sustain my successes. And I was good, just on a roller coaster. It was on highs and it was on a constant series of cruise, but I was on the highs and lows. And I was like, yo, I got to get a hold of this. Like, you know, and then I was getting another DUI and then I went to prison and then I went to jail and they, uh, they did me. It was, I mean, although, although it's legal, it doesn't mean, because they never took certain things into consideration. This being one of them. You know, and you know, and I got overlooked that way, and then I got I feel those things were just that's another that's another legality issue I won't even get into, but it just wasn't it just wasn't right. Just because slavery was legal doesn't mean it was doesn't mean it was fair. And honestly, and um, what they did was they could they didn't have to do what they did, and it was over over excessive. So I was dealing with that, and I was just like, then I got another DUI. I got five DUIs, Chris, five. And I was in, I was in prison, and I was just like, I'm not, I can't do this anymore. You know what I mean? Like, I just can't. Like, you talk about, you know, maximizing potential and being the best version of yourself. And I just knew the best version of me wasn't wasn't here. And and, and I started and I started thinking about my legacy. Like, I've always been known as like the star and a great athlete. But it was it, it was that narrative was starting to change. And I was starting to be viewed different. And it was starting to be like, oh, people were feeling sorry for me because, you know, my that bad accident I was in or, you know, what I mean, and I was just like, yo, that's not me. And so I was like, I got to get it. I got to get a hold of this. And, you know, I just stopped drinking. I went back to school. I finished my master's. And even that was a process, just humbling myself and going back through that process. I didn't know how to do it and how to go about it. 
And um, because I was in grad school in 2000, I don't know if you knew this, but this is kind of this is kind of cool. I was in grad school in 2000, and uh, I at the culmination of, of, of grad school, at the end of grad school, you had to take a comprehensive exam. Um, I failed my comps, and so I never went back and did it. Um, I didn't go back and do it because I told you I had mentioned before I was coaching, I was I was working with teaching, and then I was then I went back and I was going to be a health and phys ed teacher. I didn't even want to do, deal with special ed anymore. So then it just got to be it just got to be a point. And then I went to jail. I was in our jail. I'm just, I just thought it was a lost cause, but I promised myself that I was going to I was going to pursue that. And I called my undergraduate dean. First of all, who can call an undergraduate dean? I think that's a testament of like just our relationship that we had. And that, that's just awesome. And um, I knew he was going to, I knew I was going to have to be transparent with him. And he just kept asking me, why didn't I go back? And I said, I made some bad decisions. And I told him I'd been in jail. And he said, you've been to prison. And then he said a prayer for me. And the next day he called me up and said, okay, this is who you want to talk to. And it was the head of grad school. And then they put me in the head with the program. And then they said, listen to this. Then they said, all you have to do is come back and take the exam, which is crazy. It's been, it was 20 years. I thought I was going to have to take at least 15 credits, at least nine, three classes, nine credits. They just said, come back and take the exam. What? What? So here I am ordering books off of Amazon and 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 then and, and open them up at night and already are 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 hindrance. So I'm I'm like, what am I doing? <laughs> like I, I can't re- how am I gonna retain all this information? Anyway, make a long story short, ended up taking the you know, ended up taking the exam, um, failed. Failed. And then I'm like, you know, like here we go again. Here I am again. And you know what happens when you fail or when you keep failing, you keep failing. And this happens with us a lot because we fail. It starts creating pockets of insecurities. And then you start thinking like, you know what? Maybe I'm not good enough. Maybe this wasn't. Then you start talking yourself out of things. And I've talked myself out of too much. And I was like, I'm not talking myself out of this one. I'm going to get this done. So I failed. He called me up. He said, do you want to take it again? I said, yes. He said, okay. He, He said, what about tomorrow? I said, let's go. Boom, he gave me, you know, he gave me the test and I, and I was it and I passed. You know what I mean? But it was just like, I'm not, I'm not stopping. You know wow. what I mean? And I was just, and yeah, it was just so. What just, an inspiration. I didn't know that yeah. part of your story, Bobby. I didn't know yeah. that. That's, yeah, that's so how, cool. You went back and you passed because you didn't give up. Yeah, 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 yeah. But, it, but, 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 let, but let, I want to start from the beginning though. And this is what I'm saying though. But had I not. But this is part of the whole revi- the revival of me. It was like, but it wouldn't have happened if I wouldn't have been vulnerable. And me being vulnerable and me asking for help and then me, not only that, but me accepting things in my life. And it was accepting my brain injury. Like, yo, listen, I needed to do that. But that was all part of the catalyst to bring me where I'm at. And this is why that is so instrumental. Like, I just didn't just say, okay, this is what I'm going to do. Like, this was a thought out plan. And I went about it and I wasn't going to just be like, okay, I didn't come this far to just come this far. Like, that's crazy. Like what? Like I, like I opened myself up. So now, okay, I failed the test. So now I'm good. Like, no, give it to me. Let's go. 
(laughs) (laughs) Well, by accepting your brain injury, you were able to incorporate strategies and coping mechanisms and even improve your physical and mental health because you were able to treat the symptoms of the brain injury the way that they should be treated instead of just trying to push yourself through. Yes, yes. And I was so it opened up more doors. And I was even transparent with, 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 with the university. And I was like, listen, I said, part of the reason why I failed the exam before was because of the time constraints, because the exam is it's, it's, it's time. They give you they give you uh, you have seven core classes and you have you know, the exam and you. Well, every exam is different, but you have to answer the questions and you and you you have it's time three an hour, an hour a question. That's hard for me. I couldn't do and out like I couldn't do that. And back then it was they threw a blue book at me and I'm filling up blue books and I'm like, I can't like I need I need it was just too much. And then the pressure of me trying to finish and me look kept looking at the time, it just got to be chaotic. And then I was just all my anxiety kicked in and then I'm going and I just was a mess. And I never and I knew so so just that whole torture that day is sweating. I mean sweating like for like you could see it, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like the sweating, the anxiety, and then the anxiety of waiting for a month for, for the results to come back yeah. was just enough for me to never for 20 years to never do it again. And then 20 years later, what a brain injury, it, it jumping back in and just saying, yo, I want to take the test again, but I didn't know how to do it. So I called my undergrad uh, dean and he hooked it up. I take it and it was just so, I couldn't stop there. Like if I were to say, okay, I did all that and didn't pass, that there, why you tell the rest of the story? So I had to finish it off by saying, "Yo, let's go." And it's just, it, and at that point, Chris, like anymore, when I when I accomplish great great feats, seriously, I'm serious. I don't feel like it's only it's not only for me. I feel it's all for us. Like like we're beating it. Like we're, we're like we're beating this monster. You know what I'm saying? Like it's a monster. Yeah. And like, that's how I look at it. Like we're going to battle. Were you able to get accommodations this time? Yes. With, um, yes. So yes. you, because you had your TBI, you had your diagnosis, you had your yes. documentation, you had yes. your neuropsychologist, yes. you were able to yes. get of, extended time on your test this it, time. Yes. And, and, that, and that was all with transparency because I was transparent about it. That's so good. And that's part of accepting the brain injury. If you hadn't accepted it, you would never have gone there. I never would have passed. So I went back to Good Shepherd. They wrote me a nice letter. The neuro, the neuro, you know, I, the my neuropsychiatrist, all everything, everything was written. I had, I had that that documentation from my counselor from the hospital showing my deficiencies. I took a neurological exam, so all that was documented. So it was, but that never, I never would have got those accommodations had I not been honest. Yeah, so good. That's so good. That's such a good message. Yeah. So just be transparent about it and honest. I love and now it. I, now it's cool. Like the first five minutes of me talking to somebody, I'm like, hey, listen, I got to have a brain injury. So <laughs> if it, so if I repeat myself a lot, it's more like as an echo. So don't don't get offended or don't think I'm crazy. I just do. I, I actually say the same thing to people, Bobby, because when I repeat myself, I have to tell people, especially like friends or like new people that I'm becoming friends with, like I'm not repeating it because I think you didn't understand Sometimes I just have to say it again in order for my brain to process what I'm saying, because I would notice that like people would be like, I get it. You don't need to say it again. Like they would think that I thought they didn't get it. And by advocating for myself and disclosing the brain injury, you know, it opens up 
the ability to have better relationships too. Yes, it really yeah. does. I'm so glad you said that too, because I, I feel like before I was like so transparent about my brain injury, I was like sabotaging every relationship I was going into because I knew inevitably there was going to be some, something was going to go down. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like something, like I was going to have an off day or something. And I'm not talking about like relationships, like, you know what I'm saying? Being, being with someone else. And I'm talking about like any, with yeah, my boss, friends, anybody, with my boss, my friend, yeah. Or, yeah. Like anybody that you interact with. Yes. All my interactions, yeah. like sometimes, and, and that was sometimes like, I would prevent myself from getting close to that person because I didn't want, I knew in past relationships, like I can't tell you how many of like relationships that maybe I, I have lost throughout the years. And, and some of that is just because of whatever you move or you go this way, you go that way or adults, but some of them were because of things maybe that I, I burned some bridges, you know what I mean? And, and I, I know that now and I got to live with that, but it's, I, it wasn't, it wasn't done intentionally. It wasn't done for something like it was, um, and for, for whatever reason, if there was something said, if there was something done, you know what I mean? You know, you know this and I see you shaking your head because I'm sure you, you, the same thing yeah. throughout your life. And it's, yeah, I don't for know sure. To... I mean, sometimes it's like, I don't even know why somebody's upset yeah. with me. I don't yeah. even know why. Like yeah. I've had different experiences over the years where people have set like, kind of step back or like not wanted to be my friend anymore or you know kind of cut me out and I never understood why because there are people I really 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 cared about yes. and yeah. and it's like did I annoy them probably and I don't know what it was and I don't know why maybe I had a memory loss thing and you know I don't I don't know and, and, and it's hard but that I think that we have more success in life when we come to a place where we see and we're able to advocate for our needs and advocate for ourselves in relationships and also have the humility to say, hey, I do have some of these uh, deficits and how can I work on improving them? How can I work on moving forward? That's what we talk about in Hope Survives podcast is tangible hope. What are things I can do to improve my recovery every day? You know, and this perspective shift, this mindset shift, this learning how to accept our brain injury is a huge part of it. And a, a hurdle that I had to go through on learning to accept my brain injury was realizing that accepting that I had a TBI and that I had some struggles from it it doesn't mean that I'm giving up on improving and healing. It just means that I can look at myself honestly where I am today and say, hey, these are some areas that I'm struggling with, but I'm still going to hope and move forward and look for treatments and try and help myself to get better. I'm not going to give up and stay here, but I do need to accept that I am here right now. I, I love that. And I, I just had a conversation last week with, with my boss what led me to like that day where I just said I had to have a mental health day where I had a day where I had to relax because we were having some issues at work and um, I had, I'm a supervisor and I did something, I set a time that wasn't consistent. And he asked me, you know, we just talked about this, you know, a few hours before, why would you set a time when we talked about it already? And I was like, I forgot. Like, I, I, he was like, 
I know, you know, you've been honest, but you didn't write it down. I was like, I know I didn't write it down because I carry around my notebook all the time. I was like, it was simple. Like I, I remembered it then and I knew that I, I could remember it, but I don't know why I forgot. And he couldn't understand that. And I just got so frustrated. And I was just like, listen, man. He was like, well, how do I know? I was like, this may happen again. <laughs> you know, like, I don't, I don't know what to say to you. I don't know. I don't know. I'm sorry. I didn't, I, I had no malicious intent. It wasn't something that was meant to be like, I forgot. These are the struggles. You're, you're frustrated right now, but these are the daily struggles that I deal with. I deal with on a daily basis. And you try to tell me you too, but you see not you too, because you, nobody would have forgot that you just told me, but I forgot. I'm sorry. Yeah. Like, I don't know what to and tell you. And you have your coping strategy of your notebook, but for some reason you just didn't happen to write it down that time. Yeah. And so, because, yeah, that's, because that's, mean, that's, us, that's hard. Because that's yeah. us telling ourselves again that we're okay and that we're, we don't need that. And it's just a simple time. You just told me I don't need to write it down. Stop telling me to write everything down. You know what I mean? Everybody's always telling you, why are you thinking? I don't need this anymore. I'm, I'm, I'm better than us trying to, us telling, playing our mind trick on ourselves again, that we're not, uh, we're okay. We're, we're functionable. That's where that, all that came into play. And he didn't understand that. And I couldn't explain it to him. And it was, frustrating so I, my way my way of telling them was just to be like listen coping mechanism is it's going to happen again <laughs> i don't know what to tell you yeah yeah i don't i, mean, I don't I, honestly i don't know what to tell you and somehow in somehow some way it you know it, it won't be a big thing but it's going to yeah. happen again get used yeah. to it i really but, appreciate your sharing that story and being so open because i know some of our listeners are going to be able to relate to that because our how we accept our brain injury, how we communicate our brain injury to others, it affects our relationships. It affects everything, and it is a it's hard. And every situation is different. Every injury is different. You know, every day we might have different symptoms. So one day I might remember things. The next day I might not. So it's hard for us to navigate, and it takes a lot of grace for ourselves and for the people around us. So I really think that was, I really appreciate you sharing that. We are yeah. running uh, towards the end of our conversation today. So the last question I always ask everyone is what are your final words of hope for our listeners today? So what kind of hope and encouragement would you want to leave our brain injury survivors, caregivers, community, family members, anyone listening? I, I wanted to say that one of the, one of the key things in, in, in my acceptance was was just knowing and just feeling it, feeling as as though we're, just because we're different doesn't make doesn't make us doesn't make you feel don't be don't feel as though you're less than um, I, I lived with a lot of insecurities a lot and I still do and my memory being one of them. And maybe that's why I react this the way I did to some way of being like, it's going to happen again. It's so frustrating with our memories. But I think that's my way now of coping, of just of accepting it and telling myself and others that I'm sorry, I'm working. I work every day. There's not a day that I take off. And that's one thing about us. We can't just not quit going to work and finish up and accept the fact that, okay, you have a brain injury, so this is my fate. And then just, and then just sit back and watch TV. You know, that's, we just, now we just gotta go to work extra harder and show that how much stronger and willpower we do have and believe that we're gonna, we're gonna be better and believe that we can live normal lives just like everyone else. 
and that um, we're loved and accepted. And I'm just so psyched and happy to be an advocate for us. And I'm just looking forward to just being around people, us us more and 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 just and just sharing this this thing that you have going on, Chris Bell, which is just hope and just awareness. And the more that we talk about it, the more recognized it's going to be. And so it won't be the invisible disease anymore. And we'll get more recognition and some more resources will be available for us. So thank you. That's great. Thanks so much, Bobby. If anyone yes. wants to get in touch with you, is there a way that they can do that? Yeah. So we're in, so we just, which you need to view also, you got to view my testimonial on YouTube. So we put together that in my webpage. We're putting together, we're in the process of putting up a webpage. Christopher, I'll shoot to you. I'll, I'll shoot to you my um my my YouTube. My, my, Sounds my good. I'll put the links in the show notes for everyone then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then we're going to do something. So it, uh, the webpage is coming up soon. Um, we're getting, getting some things together, but it's going to be awesome. So I'm really looking forward to it. That's great, Bobby. Well, thank you so much for coming on today and speaking with all of us. I really appreciate it. Thank you very much. Thanks so much for tuning in to Hope Survives Podcast. I hope that you enjoyed today's episode. Make sure to subscribe and stay tuned as more episodes will be coming each week. And check out hopeafterheadinjury.com for more. I'll see you next time. And remember, there's always hope.